0: gm gm can't believe i'm starting a space saying gm hello everyone um guys feel free to uh to jump off mute i'm very happy that everyone just jumps in and says hello so hello hello time. hello hello
1: yo 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 yo. hey, hello. hey Mila, how are you doing all right yeah everything cool here in mexico very good i'm just it's a really sunny day. Oh, beautiful. Well, Yeah, the, same here. Not that sunny. I think I'm Mike, uh, but kind of sunny. Okay,
0: well, I'm here in the UK <laughs> and it's another heat wave here. Absolutely uh, boiling, boiling sunshine. So uh, oh,
2: it's, it's very hot. Crazy hot. hot. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> very <laughs> hot. Um, Hello,
0: everybody. I can um, I'm Ben, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I am the host of uh, this new show which I'm calling NFTs Beyond the Floor. And this is episode one of that show. Um, uh, I'll be bringing it to you every Monday and Thursday. Um, We'll be holding the show, I believe it's 9am Pacific time, midday Eastern time or 5pm here in the UK. Um, I'm really looking forward to bringing you a show that kind of moves the discussion of NFTs and Web3 away from uh, what I see is kind of the same old marketplace review and talk of floor price and talk of like, you know, what happened yesterday or maybe what happened this week, and really start to talk about what I view as the most important thing that I see happening at the moment in the NFT space, in the NFT space, which is like the importance of story uh, storytelling and narrative building. So really focusing on how like pro- projects are engaging their holders um what's happening in the wider web3 space and and how we're onboarding new people um and to kind of communicate the broader value of a collection like we've all been in the space now well i say all a lot of us have been in the space now for somewhere between i don't know like a year nine months six months and there are a lot of projects out there right we've seen them all and we all hold many tokens of many of those projects and i think now it's a really, really good opportunity for us to recognize the power of the narrative and what makes these projects unmissable if we're still holding on. And um, and what I've done is I've gathered, gathered a panel of friends um, and uh, they're going to join me regularly. And then we're going to invite up a number of uh, project leaders, founders, artists, builders, whatever you want to call them, um, and really kind of get into what what they're doing, how they're delivering on their project, you know, what they've learned in the time. I, th- I think we're at a point in the Web3 timeline where it's probably good to take a breath and consolidate what we've learned so far, share it with our friends. And so, yeah, very quickly, I have invited up to speak uh, Bex, Bobby, uh, Tom Youngs, uh, NFT Spaceman, Uh who else have I got here? NFT Zerk and Mr. Yellow. So guys, like feel free to come up and just say hello. Hey guys. Yeah, I think maybe maybe a good good opportunity to just do a round of really quick introductions because we're gonna be here. We're gonna be here for a long time. I was thinking that, yeah. If we do it super super quick, because what I propose to do probably in the next couple of weeks is hold a hold us spaces without a project so that we can really come up as a group and and introduce ourselves to the people and, and spend a little bit more time talking about what we're up to individually. But yeah, absolutely. Tom, if you can go first, that would be great. Really quick. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Tom Youngs. I'm uh, a content creator predominantly. I also uh, co- co-found uh, or kind of co-run um, a Web3 agency called Unorthodox with uh, my co-founders, NFT Zerk and NFT Spaceman, who are also on the, the panel up here. And uh, yeah, I've had, an, had an exciting time uh, making this my life over the last 12 months and super excited to be here with all of you guys and really, really excited to meet everyone else uh, that's here. Awesome. NFT Zerk, if you yeah. could do the same, please.
3: For sure, for sure. So yeah, same as Tom, started in the NFT space uh, from YouTube and actually spoke about uh, you know both projects that are up here today on my channel because I loved them back then and uh, still do now. So yeah, super excited to just be here, be part of it all and um, see who we can get to talk to amazing
0: and uh let's go next with bex hey bex
4: hey ben hey everyone um great to meet you all here today i'm bex i am the founder of nifty world nft um i was told a couple of months ago that i was the first um female youtuber about nfts which is quite exciting so i um yeah been in the space for about 14 months now um i'm also a web3 consultant uh, so working helping uh, businesses and brands transition into the web3 space so make content about nfts talk about web3 help businesses with web3 lots and lots of stuff there so great to be here and to help parts knowledge
0: thanks so much nft spaceman you're up
5: hey ben i'm um, great to uh speak to you guys um i have been in uh, nfts for over a year like the guys uh, uh alongside me um i've met people literally around the world in that time it's been super exciting i'm a degen dad um, a bit, bit older had decades in corporate life before i quit that uh a, f- a few years ago for uh, my own business in e-commerce so uh yeah, just loving seeing the PAs, the creeps, the mutants, the PXN, the llamas out there. And um, yeah, lo- really looking forward to getting stuck in and um, uh, and being involved over the next week. Ben. Thanks for asking me.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And Bobby. Hey, Bobby, how are you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm
6: good. I'm currently down on the sunny coast of Cornwall, sat in the van, ready to go. I've been I saw a- that. I saw your tweets yeah. this morning, cooking on the on the coast. Man, the life of a digital nomad, eh? It's it's the dream. Um, (laughs) I've been in NFT since February 2021. I entered as a photographer. Uh, I sold my first personal NFT in March 2021. Uh, And then I binged Clubhouse for many, many months and then got burnt out, deleted it, spent six months away from the space, came back in December and uh, got involved with the project, sold out the project, community managed for the project, uh that's come to an end i'm now uh, in the midst of co-founding a real yacht club uh, a global yacht club and uh, doing photography and doing spaces Ooh. and joining in with this venture with rug radio uh Brilliant. On the floor i'm super
0: excited thanks so much bobby great so i think i think oh no mr yellow mr
2: yellow sorry sorry oh sorry. i was gonna say cheers mate don't, oh. don't worry about me You know. <laughs> Uh, Apologies. Mr. Yellow, the floor is yours. Make it quick. (laughs) No problem. Um, So, yeah, uh, Web2 wise, I'm a continuous improvement and lean um, expert or not expert, but, you know, practitioner. Um, In Web3, I've been doing some, you know, I've been here for about a year, been doing some YouTube, some spaces um, and trying to apply that same sort of thinking Um, with projects as well about how you just improve the way you deliver your processes you know awesome Um, thank you no worries thank you so
0: yeah we will probably introduce this team of folk who are all interesting with very varied experience and knowledge um, a little bit more comprehensively but that's not why we are here today we are here today to uh, introduce two fantastic special guests who have agreed to come and help out for the first episode of this series that i've been pulling together um so first of all well i'll invite them up together because i know they're friends um but i've got toy uh, toy <laughs> doug from toy boogers and uh, and mila from the robotos team so hey guys how are you
7: Hey, good morning. How's it going? Yeah, I, I pretty much go by toy, boogers, or Doug these days. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna call
0: you boogers. I want you to come back.
7: <laughs> hey Mila.
1: Hey, hello. Hi Doug. So cool to share this space with you.
7: Yeah, for sure. We we do a lot together and um it's so nice to, neat to need to keep kind of you know bumping into each other in these different uh events and, and and things. I think the last time we bumped into each other was the um Uh, the Robopolis uh, opening where I was jumping for about an hour.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, like you went hardcore there. Like (laughs) we were like, oh, my God, Toy has been like like jumping around for a lot of time. And is it like Doug? Like, is it really Doug? Or maybe he's like, I don't know, he has a script or something, but then we, we saw that you were like typing and hanging out and it was like, no, he is like, he's jumping there. <laughs>
7: <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. It's good to see you. And uh, so cool to be here for this um, first, uh, first show. Yeah. Yeah, excited well, to jump in. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys.
0: Uh, so the format of the show, what I kind of want to do is I've, kind of collected a number of um of questions which i I want to put to people really around kind of what it means to build a project uh post mint and what it means to kind of continue to engage your community uh and and build a narrative around maybe the characters of your pfp project or you know what's been going on but i think what I'll do is I'll, I'll ask the team just to put a hand up if you want to interrupt, if, if there's a, if there's a great conversation going on. Otherwise, let's make it a fairly open floor. I'm quite happy for people to uh, to just make it a, a round conversation, but I will try and bring some structure to it with a few questions just to uh, just to keep a bit of order and uh, and keep my OCD in check. So uh, so I've got a first question actually, and and I'll put it to Mila first. Um, this space is obviously called Beyond the Floor um, and, and I'm curious to know what you thought of that as a concept and like how important it is for you and Pablo at Roboto's to kind of avoid the conversation of floor and really focus on what you're trying to deliver
1: Yeah first I think that it's important to give a little bit of context of, of myself sure, and <laughs> I would say that like I'm a punk rocker, I'm a troublemaker. I'm this little fire started. I, I'm really good at, at starting things. Like I don't know, like that's something that I'm good at it. And I believe that like this talent gave me like a lot of perspective of all the things you need to to build an idea and to build something. Uh, I discovered I, also something funny. Uh, I'm a designer, but like my parents, they are psychologists. So I grew up like as a really free kid, and I discovered art through my parents analyzing my drawings. This is weird. <laughs> but yeah. like they they encouraged me a lot to to create. and i and I, I grew in this like b- very creative environment. And then I moved on to study design, and after that, I, I end up working like in the biggest bank in Mexico. So being there as a design director and as an executive, like gave me some vision of how projects like have different scales. So I appreciate and believe like in floor talk because it is like the talk of the present. It's like kind of a check-in on how the economy is doing today. And it could be extremely useful as a way to build community marketing and to build certainty. But as you said, it's like not the only thing. So as a as a creator, like I think that it's it's essential to to have this kind of portfolio of signals of healthiness to understand with better perspective an NFT project. And this is something I learned in the bank, like people that are working in professional trading, they used to to see, to try to see like a border perspective of things. And there I learned like this pretty quick, I will tell you like three of those uh, metrics or signals that can keep you like more focused on what a project is doing regardless the floor talk and the first one is like to look if they are building momentum and like they have initiatives that are quick wins for the community for example things like this like constant twitter spaces discord engagement jokes uh, funny bots stickers like if they're doing low cost things that bring a lot of happiness value joy to the community. I think that's like like a good metric to to see if the community is healthy if the project is healthy. another one this is this is called like the necessary evils that these are like things that might be considered a waste <laughs> however they 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 are necessary to scale. For example, in, in Robotas, I remember that we were highly criticized about the big murals we were making because like, hey, Mila, these murals, they don't like move the needle of the floor. And but for us, they were really important because they built culture inside our team and within our community. And maybe they don't move the floor directly, but they move the people that are creating value to the project so i think that also for example the the tv show i think that maybe could be in this category i'm not sure but like it's something that doesn't move the floor directly in in the short term but that build value to to the project in like other aspects and the last one is disruption like I will say that it, it is important to see if an NFT project is building risky initiatives that may affect a lot of people and they will require a lot of investment, but that in the end they will push the industry forward. So I recommend that like to see if 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 you are like investing in projects or if you like projects that are building things that are different. Things that are small experiments that that cost a lot of energy, maybe they are like moving uh, the space to a better to a better place, and I think that it's it's healthy. So I will say that like the floor is important, but it's also important to see this in a very wide perspective and to see NFT projects more as an organizations that just as JPEGs.
0: I love it. I love it. Great answer. And I'm going to before I let everyone else jump up and jump all over it, because I know guys will be absolutely dying to talk about it. I'm going to let Doug come up and, and, and answer the same question just because I think that's the right thing to do. And then we can have a good chat about it. But yeah, Doug, just the question back to you again, like your view on on how important it is for you to kind of focus on what you're trying to deliver as opposed to the floor. Although Mila makes a very, very good point.
7: Yeah, and and I actually totally agree with all of those points and sentiments, and um and good ways to assess you know and look at a project uh, with a different metric other than kind of that floor metric. And um yeah, I think I, I'd like to just say it's interesting because from an art, you know, I'm the artist and founder of Toy Buggers, and from the the very beginning, of course, there's all these you know hopes and and dreams of it just like you know running wild and <laughs> becoming like a, you know a massive hit. Uh, but even before that, the the first thing that we're thinking of as artists and founders is just like, okay, what is what is the project? What makes it unique? Is there a twist? What's the art? You know, what's the story? And so much goes into that that we get um, lost. At least I did, totally lost in this. You know, the lore and the art, and then the world, and the, sometimes the tech and the and the, um, the the floor and the and the marketplace and the economy. All that, like like we can easily forget about it as we're building um, especially during the you know the run-up to it and so I spent about six months making uh, the original Toy Boogers collection because they were all hand-drawn and then hand-mixed that was um, before I even you know knew about well I knew about generators but I didn't have a good (laughs) generator software to use so I just put them together by hand but it made me it made me you do my collection a little bit differently, which was awesome because um I had, you know, bodies and heads and all these, you know, toys and weapons and and fun stuff that the characters are holding. So it allowed me to be more um, freeform, um, which kind of expanded into the story, into the lore and and kind of just the, the art and the vibe and the mood of the whole collection. And um also let me slowly build, you know, the community as we're going along and, and meeting people and Because I didn't open up the Discord until way later, but the whole time, like people were seeing kind of like you know the style and the art and just the fun and the wackiness and the goofiness, and so I think what precedes, um, just you know, sharing my example, what precedes so much of of the after drop, (laughs) you know, stuff is all of this just pure creative juice, and and um, I think that's a, a neat starting point to go to, and then when you come. After the drop, you know, everything happens, and you know, the market does what it was, what it does, and things you know happen, and you get into that floor talk mode, um, and then that's where Mila's points really come into effect. Where it's like, okay, well, what do you, what, you know, what are you doing next? Is it simple, you know, engagements? Are you building something big, long term? You know, are you building a brand in the outer uh, world? Um, is there more stories you know is the store are the stories compounding and that's and that's what um, both of us have been doing for sure I I know I've been you know I'm a holder of Roboto I I I minted during the pre mint. I love the project I love uh, Pablo and the whole team and everything so um, always um, (laughs) always ready to drop them as an example of someone who's just constantly building and doing things and making fun stuff to do and just um, the core community vibe has just remained intact and the vision's still there everything's still there so i think to us especially i know like this is like for me even though we look at like the floor and we look at the market we have to analyze everything it still feels the same it's like we're still coming from that creative juice um that that build potential the 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 wild future like like even though it's a bear market we still have that bull like thought of the future like wow let's just keep building next year it's going to do this and next year it might do this but uh, one thing's for certain. if we keep going and keep building, like we're here super early and and this is the time to like really you know take advantage and 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 keep going. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, echo what she said and then connect it back to that, just like that initial creative uh, juice and vibe and and fuel really that uh, got us all into this, and that's what we focus on and and, and keep pushing forward with.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great. And and I'll, I'll invite the other guys to come up now and speak, uh, you know, uh, my, just very quickly from me, though, like, I suppose, in the conception of this uh space you know my view was that there are two chains of thought right there are ones where there are people who really invest in a project because they they love what's going on they love the law they love the storyline they love the the characters the team that are building it and then there's a there's another group of people that might just be like really focused on like flip and 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 you know look to make profit and and actually what both of you guys are saying and i think it's a really really well made point is that a, a healthy project requires a balance of both of those things it needs to have space for creativity and mm-hmm. the ability to create great stories but also the ability to you know that the the requirement to create a product that people feel is tradable and want to to trade and 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 you know live and breathe by so i totally understand that guys thoughts
2: Ooh. i was hey, um I was just uh, going to ask, both of the, the projects have been around for a while. Um, what, what's what been the, the, the biggest sort of, you know, Discord blow up? You know, these things happen. What, what caused it and how did you guys handle it? Because every now and again, there's something that just goes off and sends the whole Discord wild. Um, I just wondered whether there was any learning you've got from those episodes.
7: Oh, oh, like the, the kind of the mad hype moments.
2: What more? The mad fun <clears throat> moments, really. You oh, know, a little than, bit of both. <laughs> like what? What triggered that to happen? Because it's often not really the floor; it's something completely yeah. different.
7: Yeah, I think um, I could speak on that real quick for us when we did. Um, so we've gone against the grain, and I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I love how you introduced yourself as a punk rocker, and I could. Uh, and a troublemaker i could definitely say the same um and um so toy boogers when we dropped that that was kind of against the grain it was a smaller collection it was handmade you know it was this you know three thousand unit thing um and then when we did our second collection kit bash boogers which was actually a um collaboration with Robados, dead Fellas, and cool cats and toy boogers um where i mixed their traits into our stuff and, and released a thousand unit collection um, that got a lot of, um, kind of backlash in different ways. It was highly acclaimed because it was, you know, a major, a major collab between these four great projects. Um, but because it wasn't an expansion, it was actually more exclusive. Um, it, it, it didn't follow that mold of like, you know, everybody's getting an airdrop reward kind of thing. It was like, Oh, the second collection is actually harder to get into. Um, and so that was a little bit of a, um, definitely going against the grain and then, um, um you know kind of unexpected and so there was a fair amount of i don't know if it was really fud but there was a little bit of complaints about like you know not getting that standard kind of classic you know expansion or airdrop kind of value thing um but what it was was so unique and different um you know a collab between four projects uh, a full collection in itself but you know very exclusive only a thousand units um once it kind of you know once we dropped it and it minted it out and everybody liked it and loved it it, it that FUD kind of disappeared but there was that moment kind of ahead of it where it was like kind of what are you doing and looking back i think it's great because we we um, went against the mold we went against the grain and we did something really cool and unique and and i think it's something that you know together with um with Roboto's, cool cats and ted fellows and toy Bookers, um i don't think people will replicate something like this anytime soon or or perhaps really ever where four major projects make a mini collection together and, and not like a derivative kind of thing like this was an official collection. So, but, um, we did get a good amount of fed, I think just kind of going into the, the idea of it. Um, and, and kind of a, maybe a little disappointment that there wasn't like a that standard airdrop, but everybody's happy now though. Cause our, our next collection toys dash the, the hamster, um, all <laughs> of our holders get a free one. And so that's, um, we're, we're doing, um, that by script, where where people are going to get a free claim for that for their current holding.
0: <laughs> you dropped um you dropped the uh the kitbash Bash booger on the same weekend as uh, as the other <laughs> deed minted as well. Wow, I oh, remember, that. and that must have been really stressful because <laughs> that was that... that was just when all the ETH got sucked out of the market.
7: It was a it's actually a really interesting story because um you know you you set these things in motion and we have this whole team you know there's. 10 plus people on our team. And then our, our dev team is PaxiTech tech and they have, you know, 10 plus people on their team. And like we all like blocked our schedules off for like that Saturday and just like had it all ready. And then, you know, you put everything in motion so you can't really back out. And then we're like all of a sudden other deeds announces that they're literally at the same day. It was like later, but it was like, Oh my gosh, like we're going up against them. And so we're like, well, let's just get as much as we can kind of before the storm. And so it, I think it was, like, there was several hundred minted before Other Deeds, and then Other Deeds came, and you, looking at, like, the graph, and this is kind of funny, not so much the floor, but just the graph, looking at the technicals, you see the mintings going, and then all of a sudden, like, they stop, and there's just, like, a period of, like, nothing for, like, mm-hmm. that, the Other Deeds storm, and then right after that, it resumes, and then it mints out. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of cool to to do that kind of through the other side. Uh, there's a little bit of almost, like, kind of funny, like, lore symbolism in it, because, um the kit boogers collection was also kind of like, uh, the story is like, it's, it, it was us as collector, as the project as these four projects coming together to, to you know, you know, rego go back through the toy boogers teleportation machine and get mixed up again. Um, and, and, you know, we came out on the other side, uh, literally and, and figure- <laughs> and, and figuratively both with the, the collection as well as what we were up against. But, but yeah, it was kind of, a, and there was some fun for that too. Um, people are like, Oh my God, like, why are you doing it on this day? But looking back, it was actually, um, it was either before that or or that day that was literally kind of like the last chance to get in before the market completely changed, uh, kind of for forever. Um, Yeah, it was kind of a good time.
3: Zerek, I can see you've uh, you've come up a couple of times. Go for it, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, the other side times was, uh, terrible. We had actually had a project drop around that time as well. And it was like just dark days, you know, we stood no chance, got absolutely slaughtered, but, um, I actually had a, a point about obviously the floor talk and, uh, it's interesting hearing you guys obviously creating new collections and sort of being these sort of art-led projects. Um, I mean, I personally think it's great that project founders think about the floor. You need to have that as a, a, a line of reference, right, to ensure that you know what you're doing is right. I think a lot of projects out there at the moment, they don't consider their floor when they're creating new collections. And it's like, you know, your, your floor price is under 0.1 or you know around 0.05 there's probably no point releasing another collection because it would just piss off your community right so i'm um, i guess my question to you is do you have a point where you would say okay right where our floor is below this this number you know we're below this uh this EF price we should hold back or should we, do you just go full steam ahead with like everything you have planned like, do you ever consider it in that way um, I,
7: I can jump in again real quick. the um, so it is part of our constant discussions of, you know, making sure we do as much as we can to to pre, um, preserve value for our holders. but it's one of those weird things where it's like it's like the floor in general is just totally out of our hands for the most part. I mean, of course, there's, like you said, there's those things that we need to do and look at and and carry forward. Um, and I think a, a big part of some of it, is because you you mentioned like another collection or this or that when there's massive um satur- oversaturation that can definitely be a problem so you have to be careful um but a lot of the building and especially like i know I, I speak for for mila for sure when i say this like a lot of the building goes beyond just like the next jpeg it's it's really like there's so much more dynamics in it and then the metaverse is a big thing which is you know multiple metaverses uh, plans there and so i think if if um if someone was overly concerned with the maybe the current price and saturation of their uh the jpegs um it's like all right we'll just switch gears and focus on you know the metaverse or this or that which it's it's not like that you just switch gears completely because all these things are kind of on the on the on the pot burning um but i guess you could focus more on that and I, i think that the the balancing line is is kind of like the saturation uh, there, and that, that's one thing we we've been really careful of. Um, we're currently only at you know it seems like we've done a lot, but it's there's only four thousand total collectibles. You know, there's the three thousand three hundred thirty three toy boogers, and then the one thousand one hundred eleven kibbeh boogers. So we're still way 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 less than the majority of um, projects that
3: yeah. started in in twenty twenty one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some collections with 10k supplier, you know, and they're releasing another 10k projects. It's like, come on, guys, or um, 20, but no. 20k. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. but if you yeah. if you have the, um, it could be done right. And, and Robotos is a great example
7: um, where, um, you know, the you have the 10k Robotos, and then the the Robopets, um, where the the companion. And it's a perfect. I think it's like it's just a really happy medium. They're two totally different things, but they go together. It's they're they're synced up perfectly, and um, and and the whole community is really happy with it. And, and most people have multiple or more pets um, than their original. Um, and it's, I think it's just a is a good thing because um, they don't really compete with each other in terms of like kind of like floor dynamics for this or that, but they. Yeah they definitely uh, build the lore and the story and the art and they're just fun and, and very enjoyable for, for all of us holders.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. This is, this is really cool coming from you, you know, because like I respect you a lot as an artist. So thank you so much. Awesome. For, oh, yeah. for, for Roboto's, the floor for sure is part of our discussions. And I think that what we try to do is to deliver value to our community so that value could be reflected on the floor. Um, sometimes it is in the short term, like the first Robotus Ball Run, for example. Like we went up and people were really, really, really happy because we were experimenting with like what our roadmap would be and like building the microbes and doing the first experiments there. So I believe that in, in that time, people got pretty excited and like that value was reflect in in the floor price of the collection but also we think like in sustainability and also we 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 are always thinking like how can we deliver value permanently like in the long term how are we going to have once again I, i'm going to speak about this how I, how can we have a portfolio of ideas that could help us to to serve this pathway and to be relevant not for one year or for six months to be relevant for 10 20 years like Pablo and myself we have this vision that like for us Robertos is going to be a cult collection you know like those cult movies that like generations of people like love and like and they speak about their creators as legends like we wanted that we wanted that our community could be like a cult community and relevant culturally for 10 20 years so floor is once again floor is really important it's a really cool metric and you have to to have a strategy to to build value in short term but also a, a big vision
0: Amazing, guys. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna move the, the next question on. Um, sorry, Mr. Yellow. I'm just I'm conscious of uh, a couple of uh, other questions. I'm really really curious about. One of them particularly is like, let's move over to the storyline and the story storytelling element of the biz, of, of, of of the project. Because my view is that really the projects that do offer the most value to their members, their holders are the, the projects that develop a really really strong storyline and so that people are, are really able to like engage with what's going on and get excited about it and and maybe maybe lose a little bit of the anxiety of where the floor might be at with a project and I'm wondering in terms of you and your projects I know you've got um uh, each of you have got like animated series coming up as part of the roadmap that you're delivering and things like that like how do you go about creating storyline and how do you go about creating narrative do you have like specialists that help you build out law or do you uh do you do you come together and workshop it or is it like is it you guys as founders is it you mila and pablo like how, how does that work for you i'll start with mila and then and then move over to to doug if that's cool oh
1: my god storytelling for us is everything, like for Robotos, but also like for Pablo, for myself, and for our team. Storytelling is like one of the biggest tools we have, we use, and 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 that that built like the the whole vision of of Robotos. A year ago, Pablo and I were like sitting here, where I am, in the middle of our living room like dreaming about the world in which like our community will help us to be to build like the whole story of robots that we had in our minds and like thinking about the possibilities of how technology could help us to to bring this story into life and now like we have a name for that dream. That dream was is called decentralized storytelling and it's a way to build storytelling with your community. And I don't know, it's super, super, super cool because now we can literally walk the streets of our dream in Robopolis. And like now we have celebrities and characters that like are inside this whole story of Robotus. That ha- that are people like that have stories behind and and for us storytelling is something pretty organic. Like w- when we particip- participate in storytelling, is just giving prompts to our community and giving them some ideas and listen to them and and to to and building the the story of robots with them. So this also help us a lot in the culture of our organization or our uh community because we we are really committed to to the story
0: amazing <laughs> yeah amazing D- doug how about you how 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 are things like that managed um uh yeah.
7: in, in toy boogers yeah so the um the examples in and and um things that you said all the different you know is it organic or do you have like consultants or this or that and it's pretty much um, a- across like the NFT project as well as the animated series. Um, all of that comes into play on the a- NF, speaking from the NFT uh, collection in the beginning of like, where, where the project came from, it happened much more organically. And it was initially like the lore of toy boogers was basically these characters are basically us who tried to teleport into the metaverse, but we got mixed up with our NFTs and so you emerge as this, you know, crazy character, um, you emerge with, you know, some people came in as monsters or toads or cats or uh, apes and all sorts of, you know, funny mix up. So there was this kind of personal connection. And I think that's where the lore uh, really um, is really powerful. And I, and I know Rubados has this a lot too. And there's a lot of this kind of like, uh, you know, personal association that you have with your nft for many different reasons sometimes it's just you like the way it looks it looks cool or there's maybe there's an item or a hat Um, but when the story also kind of like reflects you um or as part of kind of what you or that you contributed to i think it's even more powerful and and um with toy boogers it was kind of like i just thought it was a funny idea because this is you know 2021 everybody was rushing into nfts and like what's next on the horizon we're all rushing into the metaverse and so like my lore was kind of like well this is just us rushing into it and what came out is you know like you know we teleported in and got mixed up with our nfts and now we're you know all these funny characters um and the community really you know resonated with that it was just a fun idea something to identify with and your nft was kind of was like you it was like oh that would be me if i just jumped in right now kind of thing um and then where it went um was very organic in the discord just um, putting up the funny stickers like me was talking about just doing fun little like, you know, kind of these quote unquote low budget things that just people have fun with. And so we were constantly putting these funny stickers in um, of just like the different toy boogers. And there's this little hamster character uh, stash who's known as stash now, and that's the focus of our next uh, collection, but stash, he, um, kind of evolved in that whole, just the discord chat and making the stickers. I made funny stickers where he was like holding like a taco and then he was holding a heart and then like a skull and then spray paint. And, and all of a sudden, like the the hamster started to develop like a life of his own and, um, kind of became like a main character out of the <laughs> the wild collection. And so, um, and then, you know, it got, um, he got a name and then he got uh, more and more, you know, um, Toys and and it just kind of built up, and so as I was building the story, he became a central part of, of the story, and and so it's kind of natural and organic um, in that way. Um, and then, kind of from a more organizational standpoint, uh, pretty much everybody on my team, especially um, Fresh Biscuits Jim, is kind of like the lore uh, master. But anytime anybody's in Discord and and like somebody says something funny or interesting or or kind of wild. We do consider it. And a lot of the times that stuff kind of gets like written into the narrative um, or just kind of like the collective narrative. And uh, so it's I think it really is like this group project, um, especially with the community and and some of the coolest stuff. And I know, again, it's same with Roboto's has has just come from some random contributor who just had some funny idea. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Love it.
1: Yeah, we encourage a lot of creativity inside our Discord and wild and crazy ideas. Like we vibe a lot with like yeah, with people that like to have fun there, you know, like mm-hmm. uh because I don't know, fun is something that it's pretty contagious and and gives a lot of bonding inside the community.
0: Absolutely. Bobby, go for it. What's up?
6: I was gonna say how important storytelling is overall for anyone who's entering the space because it's 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 obviously a very audio centric space so it leaves a lot to the imagination there needs to be you know that the the storytelling aspect of it needs to be pretty solid um and like every story starts uh, and has a beginning like look at how we started the show today we all told our story of how we got to this point today and um there are little things that happen along the way i think nf the nft journey as a whole um telling that story of how we all you know we started in a lockdown and we came into the the real world and we decided that the real world wasn't good enough so we stayed inside the twitter metaverse and so on and so on there's like a, a saga that's folding out and then there's the other side of things with the crypto the eth going up and down it's just like one big massive you soap know, opera <laughs> yeah just, just look at the amount of drama that has happened in the space and how addicted people became to those spaces it's yeah. it's like watching it is like watching your daily soap um and these these are i mean there's no coincidence that it's been formulated it's been manipulated for us to to be here and enjoy that and be entertained off that and i think that's because it's very human although we're just voices with little pfps like pinging out of your little black mirror, your screen. Um, we, we are talking thing like talking about things that resonate with the audience. We, we all are humans behind this PFP. And that became very true for me about two weeks ago when a project founder passed away of a, a project that I, I bought many months ago. And it just made, made us realize that, you know, we're all humans behind this and we're sort of like sat around the campfire now. We're like the cavemen of, 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 of yore. And, uh, we're sat around the campfire telling the stories and you know, the toy boogers have been away doing this and we've been doing away doing that. That this is our version of talking about the hunts and the wars and the the many things we've been up to behind the scenes. And that's why yeah. I think like dropping audio, clubhouse, Twitter has been, you know, a huge success.
0: Um, I think um I, I posted a medium article this morning actually about like the power of storytelling and the fact that I think it it's become the ultimate utility. In a project, and and if you think about the fact that an NFT can represent uh, a piece of artwork, uh, a, a music track, uh, something physical, uh, your persona, like who you are, uh, through a PFP. If you think about all of those as like pillars, they are essentially what it means to tell stories and what it means to bring people together to build relationships or to teach lessons. Um, so yeah, I I totally agree with you, and I mm-hmm. think. Um, we're just starting to, it feels like we're just starting to peel back the onion a little bit and start <laughs> to understand that some of these projects and some of the some of the people that we've met along the way now are, are the people that we want to hang around with or the projects that we want to hold on to. And that was, that was really the kind of the thought process behind creating the show is this is now a space for people to hang out and learn more and, and, and maybe invite up some. And and I really applaud Mila and Doug in the sense that like, it's an opportunity for people to drop the, the like wag me, uh, you know, we're all going to make it like that, this, the act a bit, And, and just kind of be real about the fact that, you know, we're talking about stories. We're talking about bringing people together and creating brands, businesses, uh opportunities you know it just uh that that was really the focus of the the article I said this morning hey spaceman what's happening
5: hey Ben I, I think um well I really enjoyed your article by the way I thought it was absolutely uh, spot spot on and Thanks. I just wanted to jump up to uh say to to, to Mila and the, and the guys like it's just fantastic to just hear the passion that you've got for your projects and um you know i'm 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 a guy who's sort of in in two halves really i'm i'm not the most creative guy but i do love collectibles i love art i love storytelling i love community and people and you know where you're talking about sort of organic storytelling and how elements of the project are built from the community i just think that is you know a fantastic thing and it, it didn't exist historically and you know, isn't it amazing that you've got holders who are so close to creators through uh through projects just it's just a fantastic element The other half of me is very um commercial you know decades of working in um business and and commercial so I'm keen to just ask the guys um and if they maybe have a story about you know being approached by maybe an overzealous uh business focused person over the project so far who who wants to turn, you know, their project into a commercial entity and make it all about commercials and what will sell, rather than, uh, you know, what the community wants and and the organic storytelling that clearly they're both so so well built on.
7: Yeah, that's a um, good point and interesting question. So the um, yeah the first one, just I think it's so cool that that the like you said, this didn't exist before, where all of a sudden all of these characters kind of emerge. You know all at once especially if it's like a 10k type of a drop Um, and there's all these like amazing characters that have a lot of depth that you can go with and that's where that fun thing comes in where you know either um, you know we we mint it we we buy it we see it and then immediately like we make a story like I, I do that at least like every time I mint something it's like like I'm trying to like figure out almost like oh that character like this is his deal and then you kind of like just you know really quickly you could just kind of explain what that character is and I think that's what's been really fun um with a lot of the holders in the toy boogers project is is just um, kind of making their own story of like what their character is. It's like why is this monster you know holding a popsicle or this or that and it's just like <laughs> they come up with a funny story and it's like that's that's that character um and so yeah just that the potential the the kind of the blank canvas even though we're giving them a you know these a whole collection at once it really is a blank canvas in terms of like a lot of the narrative that you could put into each individual character and so that, that I think that's what's so fun for for holders who also have that creative um streak who want to like you know vibe and connect with it is they'll come up with names and and um and stories and 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 I think that's just so fun and 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 I do that all the time so I'm I'm constantly like coming up with just silly. It might, it might even just be like the scene, like what, what's happening in that scene. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the, the commercial side of it, <clears throat> um, we've all, I think, um, I know for sure uh, Roboto's and many of the other projects, you know, have gotten approached by, you know, different entities for different things. And um, the uh, for both of us, the one that definitely made the most sense was, you know, when Time uh, Magazine approached both of us separately, um, Roboto's first, um with the idea of making the animated series and so that was something um kind of kind of flipping your question a little bit that was like the perfect kind of case scenario and the perfect uh, um partnership that that approached us and for me it actually uh, Keith Grossman approached me uh, really early and um so that was kind of in you know it was was started and so there was other opportunities and things that came up but because it didn't really fit it didn't we didn't really pursue them, but there's there's tons of stuff that comes up, um, and and half of them, half are good uh, or, or could be good, and then half are just like scams or just not even not necessarily scams, but just like marketing schemes. <laughs> and so Every project gets hit with multiple multiple marketing uh, schemes, um, but yeah, the storytelling part, and I know this resonated with with Pablo and um, you know myself and Littles, and um, is is just like this looking back after talking with Keith many times and getting the, the boogers uh, animated series, uh, partnership uh, deal going. Now it, it almost like feels like it was, that was like an essential part of our um, pathway and is an essential part of our future. Um, even though initially it was kind of like, it was the idea, like the, 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 um, potential and the, the excitement for something like that was you know there's you know the, the the sky's the limit in terms of what's possible and so we we didn't really anticipate that but once it happened and we got it in it feels like like that was the the exact right thing to do and um and just like a perfect fit and it was like it's almost like now that I look at it, it's like yeah it's like Toy Bookers was always meant to be this you know to go in that direction and, and to really dig deeper into these characters who, you know, are exploring the metaverse, literally, because that's like the 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 lore is that it's just us, you know, jumping into the metaverse and and getting all mixed up and and all the wild wacky adventures that will will go on there. Um so yeah, so kind of flipping your question a little bit to um the partnership that actually made the most sense and it's taking us in the direction we want to go, which is also giving us the freedom um, to do it in the way we want and, and, and the vision and, and, and all of that. And so it's just a total, totally different thing with the Web3 kind of environment, especially with time, though, because there is um, other companies that would have kind of steered you or strong-armed you. So I think that's um, – we were both were really fortunate to, to, to embark on that um, pathway. Thanks, man. Yeah.
1: I will. I would like to just, like, uh, say something really quick that for, for us – building like the commercial side of robotas. I believe that like our secret sauce or our secret salsa in Spanish, (laughs) is like to to speak about the future of humanity. Uh, We believe that like speaking about the future of humanity is something pretty universal. It's something that we all want to dream and we all want to speak about. So like building around this question uh, I think that it's something that will let us to, I don't know, to a broader audience in Web3, but also outside uh, Web3. And also having really good art. Like for us, that's something really, really important for our commercial side. Like we have every art, every piece of art that our brand delivers has to be perfectly executed and has to be really, really, really beautiful and tell a story. I think awesome. that that's, yeah, that, that's yeah. the two things. I think that's
0: all really, really important. Bex, I'm conscious that you need to jump off in uh, seven minutes. So, do you wanna do you wanna make a point?
4: I just wanted to, I suppose, ask a question, which actually goes right back to what Mila was talking about at the beginning. Um, not to jump around too much, but it really struck with me is that I know that we kind of highlighted that there is a balance between, I suppose, the the, the artistry and storytelling, and also the the kind of the return on investment for people as well um and mila you mentioned disruption uh in the space which i think is absolutely what this space needs it's been stagnating with the same kind of pfp sort of strategies for a long long time and it's about what do we do to move the space and the ecosystem along i would just love to ask both you and doug like what your views of disruption within this space look like um, for people because I think a lot of a lot of a lot of creatives and a lot of people that I speak to struggle with how to define what disruption looks like and what they they can do for their projects um, and it would be good um, to have projects with such heritages like yourselves who are keen to kind of see more disruption in the space to move it forward as how you would define that and what advice you would give them
7: that's a really good question and 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 a pretty deep one too because it I think it gets down to just like doing what uh what you believe in and what you want to do and and just following your vision and also just kind of letting your your vision um take you um because sometimes it might go in in a way that uh you didn't expect from the beginning but um I think like with 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 me um again doing the initial collection of only you know three thousand and they were handmade it was kind of different it was a bunch of different characters it wasn't like one character that was like it was different um so it wasn't disruptive per se but it was different enough that it had kind of like it was it was fresh in that time because it was um most of the other things that were dropping were um had you know shoulders up kind of pfps and all of a sudden i had like these full characters Mm -hmm. so that was just a subtle thing that was different um But then, like going forward now, like another thing that we've done, and again, for me, it's not so much disruptive, but like Stash, our hamster character, is coming up next, and this is where we've kind of flipped the script in terms of like the the main character coming out. Uh, Most projects, their first drop is kind of like the main character, and then everything else is like you know supplementary pets, companions, or something new. Whereas with Toy Boogers, we started with this kind of general collection it was like all of us jumping into the metaverse and then now what's revealing now is that this hamster who was in the original collection is like the mastermind of it all and so like the main character is emerging afterwards so in a sense it's kind of disrupting that normal model of like initial drop and then companion drop this is like kind of had our ground um floor drop and now like the 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 main character is emerging so I think just the story and the process we did was different, but not necessarily um, disruptive. Um, So I I, I guess that my point is, is you don't have to be majorly disruptive or do something super technical or crazy, technically challenging or unique or different, or, you know, all sorts of crazy, like staking and DeFi operations. Um, It could just be following, you know, what you want to do, doing your story, maybe doing your art a little bit different, the presentation different, the numbers different, um, and as long as it's you know I think coming from a uh, you know the, a creative uh, place and, um, and coming from your heart um, you, you'll get some movement there and um, and yeah good question Fantastic.
0: Thanks. Mila, what is what does disruption mean to you and, and how would you uh, how would you encourage it in more more founders and builders in the space
1: I totally resonate with with the like disruption is something that doesn't have to be very technical. I think that disruption is like, it happens when you look inside of you and inside of your team is when you really, re- when you are really conscious about like the things you can do for the world, for the NFT space or for yourself and then you have, when you have this consciousness, then you start to have ideas. And those ideas sometimes are really big. And, 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 and I don't know, disruption comes from those ideas that give you fear, that move you from <laughs> your comfort zone. Uh, and they look really crazy, like, or impossible in the present, but they make sense in the future. So I think that, like, if you want to be disruptive, the first thing is be very conscious about what you can do and what your team can build. And after that, look for for the crazy things that they that you have to invest a lot of energy and have a lot of discipline because though because disruption is not easy. <laughs> and I don't know if if robotics is the most disruptive uh nft project now but like at first like i think that we were one of the first collections that were animated in like gifs and this was not easy but we we were like you know what they will look cool like we need robots with movement they will they will look funny and they and and, and with we thought like people will resonate with this okay so to build this we need like to to build our own tools to develop this so at first it was like oh my god this is too much because we just we can just deliver static images in a week and that's it but like we were like you know what yeah but like this tool will help us in the future or this tool will help other persons in the future so it's worth it so i think that yeah that's the way we we create disruption like just being very conscious about what we can do and trying to to do our best to deliver those crazy ideas.
7: Amazing, that's um, so- awesome. Oh, do you mind if I, I just wanted to um, jump onto what Mila said real quick? I just wanted to um, sure. give them props for like everything they've done because um, that it's kind of like yeah, like doing just doing their best is disruptive because they're raising the bar. And I think that's like the summary of it. It's like, yeah, if you do your best, and it's way better than everything else, like you're disrupting things just because it's better and more complete. And and I've always actually looked at Robotos that way because um, I noticed that the you know the the entire an- initial collection and the Robopets was animated, and it's like flawless. It's like wow, like that that took a lot of work, and that was at a time when the tech was um, not where it's at today. And then on top of that. Um, they keep doing stuff to add, um, you know, again, just kind of um, wanted to cheer on <laughs> Roboto's a little bit, but they have built so many tools to like, you can dress up your Roboto. Now you can, you know, you can go to the <clears throat> their own metaverse that's active, the, the uh, Robopolis. Um, there's the Pets. like there's the stories coming out. so like, every time I look at Roboto's, I'm like, like they're doing something else. They're doing something <laughs> like something else is coming, something more and more. And so I think they're disruptive in, in this really good way of just like constantly doing stuff um, that sometimes is technical or just providing or just doing something fun. Um, and so there's, there's really like nothing stagnant over there. It's like, I think Roboto's is like the opposite of like a stagnant project. It's literally like the most dynamic and just like progressive um, way so yeah, I just wanted to compliment you on, on that. Oh, and, and...
1: thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so
4: much, Book.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. We are always, like, I, I start this, I started telling you, like, we are kind of punk rockers there. Like, we are always going with the wild ideas. And, and because, I don't know, we have fun. That's something that it's also important for disruption. Like, if you are mm-hmm. not having fun, then... I don't know, like it's difficult to to have discipline to be there and to show up and to work every day for your vision. So yes. that's also something really important, to build a place where you can have fun and creative freedom.
7: To to have fun and that, that freedom just to be yourself. Like even the name yeah. uh, with the Spanish names, I love that. I love how there's, it's Robados and there's Helmitos and there's all these
4: <laughs> you know cultural
7: references I, I really liked that and that was something that drew me to it as well was just that um authenticity
0: fantastic uh Doug I'm really conscious of your time have you got a few minutes or do you need to jump? I do yeah
7: no I'm good I can say a few more minutes yep
0: oh cool well I I wanted to uh Missy Yellow you 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 jump up with a question dude or or a comment just because I've got like a final question I'll take the guys to before
2: okay. we uh, invite yeah, invite was, the crowd up just uh, another one, uh to Mila. Um, I love Bueno, and I know a load of projects are using it. Um, how does Bueno fit into that then, as part of the innovation that you're doing?
1: So Bueno is a company that Pablo Pablo founded like a couple of years ago, and at first that company was called Blush. Also, Blush exists, and Blush is, uh, is a they sell like really really cool uh illustrations and when when we build robotos uh then Pablo saw a big big opportunity in the NFT space so then bueno started to to build like their own tools to 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 help other creatives to, to do their, their own NFT projects. So for, for Robotus, that, that relationship between Bueno and Robotus is that when Robotus is a client of Bueno nowadays, and like they help us with our microverse and with the stuff we are building.
0: Amazing um i'm gonna i'm just gonna move on because i um i'm conscious of time and it's being recorded and i kind of i feel like uh an hour of people's time is uh is about enough and anymore suddenly it starts to uh to get quite long so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask uh, just a quite a leading question and I'll, I'll ask it to doug first because then doug can feel free to jump off when he's answered it um but uh I, I, the question i wrote down was if you could go back to the month leading up to your mint of your initial project and tell yourself the most important thing to remember based on what you know now, what would that be and why?
7: Oh man, that's a good, a good question. So the, the NFT, excuse me, the NFT space is filled with all these like, Oh my gosh, what would I have done in in that month? Um, (laughs) it might actually just been the alpha of that go, go mint this project or go mint that one. Uh, not even focused on, um, uh, kind of what we were doing but I guess it's so funny because like everything that happens is like really meant to happen and like even the bad stuff um, that happened like set us on a different course um, where maybe we lost a team member or we got like our, when we found our, our, our new uh, dev partner uh, Paxi Tech um, our previous one didn't work out and so it's like I guess it's just keep going that 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 would be the the advice is just keep going. Um, with every single endeavor, there's going to be resistance, whether it's NFTs or business or health or whatever. There's always going to be a, a road bump and a resistance. And so, um, the bottom line is just keep going. If you believe in it, you got a, a goal, you got a plan. Um, that's the big one. You know, set a goal, make a plan, and then just keep going.
0: I love it. I love it, Emila, yep. So, uh, Doug, if you do drop off, then I just want to say thank you so much for for coming up and and joining us. If not, um, then we'll look forward to (laughs) speaking to you in a sec.
7: Um, Yeah, I'll stay on a few uh, more minutes. But uh, yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, been an honor to be here for this first uh, session and a pleasure talking with everybody.
0: Great. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back on, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, Mila, same same info to you. or same question to you. Like, if, if you uh, if you could go back and, and warn yourself or remind yourself or, or give yourself some advice uh, based on what you know now, what, what what would that look like?
1: Oh my god, I have to say that I'm really cheesy. I'm really, really, really cheesy. So I don't know. I would say to myself like hey mila don't forget that you are a really really valuable human regardless your mistakes regardless what other humans could think about you like you have a lot of value because i believe that when you are conscious about the value you have as a person and when you are conscious about uh, yeah like yourself and when you love yourself then you can build whatever you like because then like you start to feel joy of just being alive and like having the power to build things because you are creative so I I think that I will say that to me because for me it was really difficult sometimes because for example that the barrier of the language you know like I I was terrified speaking in English I'm really proud that I could nail this this is space really well because english is not my first language so for example that that used to terrify me a lot and i used to devaluate myself because i because it was difficult for me or when people like speak about us like hey you are not doing this well hey your work sucks hey you are responsible of my money hey whatever i used to feel really really bad as as a human so after a year of working on myself and working on robots, I, I just discovered that like when you when you honor your value as a person and as a human then like you can build whatever you like
6: yeah amazing you definitely, you definitely learn your worth being in web3 <laughs>
1: yeah
6: <laughs> cuz the amount of hours you have to put in you'd start to really value those hours that you are putting in and and the hard work eventually will pay off regardless um, I just wanted to ask a question about um, being disruptive. Obviously, being disruptive can be uh, you know, described in many ways. And as a project founder, um, how do you deal with people who are disruptive from the community without telling them that they're footing? And and is it all right for a community member to be disruptive and maybe sway a decision that you make in, in, in terms of the direction of the project? For example, I think a lot of Moonbird holders would have wanted to see Um, something done differently than what happened and should people have been more disruptive in holding them accountable for the fact that they'd invested their money or put their money into that in the first place just in any project though not just that one just in general
7: yeah oh sorry
1: Mila were you going to jump in go go for it uh...
7: oh no I was just going to say well it's a little bit different with like the moonbird kind of level these like you know blue chips, especially after people invest, you know, at super high levels, but with kind of your standard collectible collections, um, there is definitely a toleration for a fair amount of, um, you know, feedback really. And as long as it's, um, respectful and constructive, then it, a lot of times we get really good insights that way. And it usually comes about, um, pretty nonchalantly. Someone's just kind of chatting in the discord uh, I think where it gets nasty is where, you know, all of a sudden someone appears kind of from nowhere and they're, again, they're talking about the floor, they're talking about this or do this, or you can tell they're kind of coming, they're already angry or something. And so the the project might not even be the problem. This just something else is going on, but I, I guess it's, we've always allowed it as long as it's respectful. As soon as anybody gets disrespectful um, towards anybody, then we usually kind of try to change the, the conversation or or sometimes even have to. Mute them. And so, um, and I've seen this with many servers where it's kind of like, for the most part, anything goes as long as you're respectful. Um, And then um, that feedback um, a lot sometimes is actually really valuable. Um, But I think it it is different for a project like us versus someone like a, you know, a Moonbirds where people were coming in literally as investments, um, you know, in tens of thousands of dollars. It's a pretty big different scenario. And maybe that level should have more accountability. I don't know. But with with us, it's um, definitely a different scenario.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that like, it's very important to hear the feedback and the ideas of your community. And then look if those ideas fit in your vision of the project. I think that it's cool to hear what people think. But you also need to set healthy boundaries. Because because I don't know, like, if you don't have a vision and if you don't have, like, a really strong position of what do you think is the future of your project, then it could be really difficult to deliver it if you are just, uh, just like, looking for opinions outside. So I, I think that it's, like, you have to build a system where you can hear your community, but also, like, always check in with your vision and... And and yeah, that's the way we do it.
7: Mm-hmm. You both yeah, that's such up. a good Sorry. point. I was going to say that healthy boundaries. This is such a good point. Like, you have to have your your vision and your kind of like comfort zone, and then just there's certain boundaries where it's like, all right, you're either you've gone too far or or not. But um, yeah, because the NFT space, if you let your community push you around, I shouldn't maybe say push you around, but there, there's been many examples of projects where. Um, it kind of got it out of hand a little bit with like the vision of the founders versus what the communities wanted to do. And then you get this, it it creates a strange dynamic. And so I think what people do want is they want, you know, a Pablo Stanley who has this vision or in the Mila, people who have a vision and a plan. And then you just want to have faith in them and just go for it. Versus if you feel like you have to be there to make the project, right. It's like, well, maybe you should just start your own project. So
6: Yeah. um, that's, that's the same yeah. with spaces as well, as well, isn't it? People have come in and said things about spaces happening, and there's a little red thing up in that corner that says leave. So it, <laughs> it's like everyone has free will and autonomy in this space, and yeah. you're right. Yeah,
1: I'm always saying, like, hey, like, you are an adult.
4: <laughs> remember
1: <laughs> that, like, remember, you are an adult. Like, you have your own money, you are an adult, and you decided to enter into this dream with us. So never forget that. And yes. that, that helps, helps me like to, to feel a little bit less responsible of, of life. And yeah. I
6: mean, <laughs> speaking of disruptive, Twitter is playing up and bugging out at the moment. So if anyone's followed anyone that's on this stage or you've heard anything that you liked and you've tried to follow someone and it's showing that you haven't followed them, uh, Twitter's bugging out. Uh, I've followed a few people on the stage and it, it's now telling me that I haven't. So, uh, yet some people have followed me. DM me saying, uh, "Hang on, what's it say?" Oh yeah, it keeps it keeps saying follow, and then you click back onto their account, and then it's follow, and it's like, "Come on, Twitter, it's 2022." Keep like how how they <laughs> bugs I don't know, but there must be something going wrong with the app. Yeah, I noticed
0: it. I noticed it the other day. I was following a bot that was telling me which which tokens had been sold in a particular project, and it just wouldn't let me follow it. So. Yeah, they'll fix it. They'll get round to it. Uh but um guys, this has been so much fun. Um and uh and I think um it's fantastic to get two projects up who are known to one another. So to get Toy Boogers and Robotos in the same room at the same time is uh fantastic. I think going forward one thing I've learned is we will probably bring in one project at a time because i uh i do think that uh, there's so much we could continue talking about but i am just really really conscious of time and i would like to invite a few people up from the audience so um if you want have a question or you know i i would appreciate it if it was not something that required uh, war and peace uh, as an answer but uh, please request um i know cave guy has been uh uh requesting for a while and is um i believe a holder for both projects so i'm going to invite cave up now to speak hey cave hey
7: gm gm to all uh uh, good morning can you hear me
0: okay
7: And this has been a great, great space. I think it's awesome. I, I think we got to see uh, many, many shades of, of all the, the beautiful speakers on stage. I did have one question, and that was for uh, for Mila, if that's okay. Sure, shoot. Mila, my question for you is, um, what is your favorite uh, Roboto's trait, and why is, why is it the Mileto?
1: my my favorite robotist trade is the mila banks that i'm rocking in my profile picture i don't know why i think that pablo made a mistake and he named this trade uh mia banks but it's actually mila banks and i think that it's the coolest trade in robotics and the coolest haircut in the blockchain (laughs)
7: <laughs> I think you're pronouncing it wrong, though. It's it's uh,
0: moletto. Ah, uh, okay. You're one of those, are you?
1: <laughs> oh my god, those mulettos. You know what, Ben? Like mulettos are the most. I I think that are like the most expensive trade, or one of the top trades, just because I don't know. Cape guy and cousin Terry always promoting the redheads.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, guys, any, any other questions from, uh, from the audience? I'll ask, I'll, I'll put that over to Doug. Actually, Doug, favorite trait from your collection from, from toy boogers and we'll go toy <laughs> boogers one.
7: It's it's so hard. So what we've, uh, the general, the answer it's, it's hard to pick one booger is, <laughs> is, is Taco the cheesy. Come on. <laughs> Come on, <dude>. Taco <laughs> I know. So. Yeah, the taco head definitely is up there. Um, the donut head is pretty high up there. Like, that's what happens. I start to list it, and then I think of another and another and another. It's got to be um, rainbow poop, though, surely. Yeah, iconic uh, traits and toys, definitely the rainbow poop. Uh, the unicorn poop is is one of my favorites. And then um, the simple smile that I have on my PFP, it's just like this cheesy little grin Uh, Something about that I really, really like. And so sometimes it's just like the funny little subtle thing, just like this cheesy little... It looks like a a little kid character just standing there kind of like smirking a tiny bit. So I think it just has like a... um, It just resonates with me every time I look at that face. But if it wasn't that face, probably the taco, the donut, or the unicorn poop, I think, is uh, probably (laughs) runner-ups.
0: Guys, I am going to wrap it up just because I want to be uh, prompt because we're going to run two of these per week. So um, I want to thank everybody for uh, coming along today and listening in. Most importantly, um, I really want to thank the uh, panel of uh, speakers who I invited up to join me, uh, it will be these guys and gals, uh, plus maybe a few other guest appearances that come up every week um, and uh, and I also really really want to thank Doug from Toy Boogers and Mila from Roboto 's two projects that I have massive amounts of respect for um, and uh, and I think it 's been absolutely wonderful to hear their view on what storytelling and narrative and disruption means to their projects Um, and I think uh, I think we can all take a lot away from it Um, and I'm really really looking forward to bringing the show back to you uh, next Monday Um, I've got a guest uh, coming on who I will be announcing probably tomorrow so please do follow me on Twitter so that you are able to pick that up. And I will share the um, the link with everybody uh, probably tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate Rug Radio also for giving us the opportunity to have this space. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. Uh, I don't have any music to play us out with, so uh, I'll just watch you all with your... Um, Reactions, emotes, and uh, and then we will uh, we'll end the space. But thank you, everybody.
1: Thank you so much, Ben. Beep boop, beep boop, beep Beep, boop. boop.
7: (laughs) Thank you, guys.
3: Bye, Bye, everybody. Take care.
7: Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye
1: -bye. Bye, bye.
3: Cheers, guys.